0: We are doing a series right now where we're just kind of diving into Jesus and looking at who He is. And um, we're going to keep that going this morning and kind of look at how Jesus, a lot of times, is uh, a bit of a a threat to the status quo. And as humans, we we don't tend to be very big fans of change. I don't know if you've noticed that in your life. Um, For the most part, we want things to just kind of stay the way they are. And uh, we like stability, we like famili- familiarity, we like predictable, we like kind of knowing what's going to happen. And if I'm honest with you, I, I kind of like to think of myself as somebody, someone that's risky and wants to change things. But I think if I'm really honest, I actually am a guy that kind of likes things to, to, to stay the same. Um, if I go to Red Robins, it's the Whiskey River barbecue burger every single time. I always look at that whole entire menu and I'm like, that sounds good, that looks good. But why mess with a good thing? And so I go back to the Whiskey River Barbecue Burger every single time. Um, Maybe for you, it's the vehicle you drive. You've been driving the same make and model for the last 30, 40 years. It dies, and you just go and buy the same make and model, just a little bit newer. Um, Maybe for you, it's your your outfit. Um, You see these guys who have had the same style since high school, even though they're in the 40s and 50s. Um, Becky actually just recently convinced me Well, this is probably a few years ago now But she convinced me to buy some rust-colored pants Anybody remember that Sunday? Some of you are like, who the heck is that guy on stage? And what is, what, what is he wearing? I'm a genius <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> But change, change is something that we tend to resist and occasionally we kind of get this, this thirst for, for adventure and maybe we, we've been stuck in a rut and we're just like, we've got to mix it up somehow. So we go on maybe a big vacation and, or maybe we go and we, we, we get out some rust-colored pants and listen to our wives. Or, or maybe, maybe you just change up the daily routine rather than take the usual road home from work. You take the long way home or, or maybe instead of Mexican food, you go out for Greek food or something. But for the most part... Unless you're in a, in a bad place in life, we like things just, just the way they are. In fact, we're such big fans of things staying the way they are that we've even come up with a phrase to describe it, that word I mentioned earlier on, we call it the status quo. And the status quo is simply a phrase that means the way things are. And we like it that way. We don't want the status quo disrupted, at least not too much. We, we just don't want change. And and all this resistance, though, to change is a problem for the follower of Jesus. Why? Because he came to bring change. Not just change to the the broken world in which we live, uh, you know, the world out there, but he actually came to bring change right here. Listen to what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Jesus brings change, which on one hand, you're going, okay, that's glorious, that's good, that's awesome. He takes our lives that are broken, that are captive in sin, and he sets us free. He makes us a brand new creation. But on the other hand, the part of, of us that doesn't like change, that, that likes things just the way we are, we have the hard t- a hard time sometimes with the fact that he came to bring change. But what we need to know if we're going to be followers of Jesus, is that He didn't come to keep us comfortable. He didn't come to prop up our self-centered, broken lifestyle. He didn't come to maintain the status quo and make sure that, that things stay just the way they've always been. No, He actually came to bring change. And we see this very clearly throughout His time on this earth. Everywhere that Jesus goes, if you read through the four Gospels, the account of Jesus' time on earth, Everywhere he goes, it seems like he is constantly disrupting the status quo. He is constantly bringing change. And as you can imagine, this didn't always make people super happy. And I want to look this morning at a few places where, where this happened. Um, in Luke chapter 4, just after Jesus has—he's been out there in the wilderness for 40 years. He's been tempted by the devil, and he, he returns to the area that he grew up in. And when he returns, the Bible describes that he returns filled with the Holy Spirit. News begins to spread about him throughout the whole region. He's teaching in different synagogues, the, the Jewish house of worship. And as he's teaching and, and doing different things, word is getting out there about this Jesus guy. Well, eventually he comes back to his hometown of Nazareth. And we're going to pick things up in Luke chapter 4, verse 15. It says, When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then after reading this, the Bible says he rolled the scroll back up, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the Bible says that All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. And then he began to speak to them, saying, The scripture that you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked? Isn't this Joseph's son? They're just amazed at Jesus. Like, who is this guy? We've watched this, this, this guy grow up, and here he is, full of all this wisdom. And they're talking about this and and so here's jesus though he's become kind of like a little like a celebrity in his hometown and he's preaching this good news and and he's talking about some changes that are going to be happening those that have been captive he says are going to be released from their prison those that have been blind the blind who can't see that's going to change and they're going to be able to see those who have been oppressed well, he says their situation is about to change, and they're going to be set free. They won't be oppressed any longer. And as he's he's saying all this, the people are amazed. They're thinking, something's different about this guy. They're in awe of him, and they are excited about the changes that he speaks of, especially in light of the perspective that they have. They're looking at, at everything here that he's saying through this political lens, expecting that, as, that what Jesus is going to do is he's going to bring freedom from the, the Roman oppression, and he's going he's to set prisoners that have been imprisoned by the Romans. He, they're thinking he's going to set them free, and they're, they're, they are all amazed, and they're excited about these changes that are coming down the pipe. And, and you know what I've found in life? I've found that that I'm okay making changes in my life as, as long as I'm in favor of those changes in the first place. In other words, change is good as long as I like the changes that are coming. I remember when I first got married, um, there were some changes that I was very excited about. I was going to be going to bed every night with a gorgeous woman beside me. Uh, it was a good change. Um, I was going to have somebody to help me make nice meals. Good change. I was going to have someone that was always there, a listening ear, another good change. I was excited about these changes that were coming to my life. But then Becky starts talking about me putting the toilet seat down. And I'm going, that doesn't make any sense at all to me. She starts talking about putting dishes away when I've made a snack or something. I just wasn't excited about that change that was coming. And not so down with those changes. And what I eventually came to learn, though, is that if I wanted some more of the good changes, these other changes in my life, they weren't actually suggestions. They kind of went hand in hand with the changes that I didn't want. And and I found that it works in a very similar way in my relationship with Jesus. I'm actually okay with Jesus coming along and setting me free from sin. I'm okay with Jesus coming in my life and and maybe I've got fear and anxiety and he comes and he brings peace. He changes that, that, that condition of my soul. I'm excited about that. But then he comes along and he makes changes that disrupt the status quo, the way things are, the way I like things. And I'm not always super excited about that. And in this story that we just read, the people start off amazed. They're all excited about him and the ideas of freedom and good news. But then he throws them a curveball, and he basically says, you're just after the show. You just want me to do some cool stuff, some miracles, some cool tricks, kill some people, have your hometown boy be someone you can brag about. You really don't want the changes that that I've come to bring. And he basically tells them in an indirect way that they're not going to be receptive to what he wants to do. And so what he's going to do is he's actually going to take this message, this work, this change to the non-Jewish people. He's going to change the entire social structure of the day. And when he does that, they're not actually jumping up and down, giving each other high fives and fist bumping and all this kind of stuff. Um, they didn't grab Jesus and throw him on their shoulders and saying he's a jolly good fellow. No, instead, listen to what the Bible says. It says when they heard this, The people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. They're like, let's kill him. Now, just, I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to imagine and picture what that would be like, but just imagine me up here this morning saying something that gets you so furious you're like let's go grab rich and chuck him in the nook sack what would i have to do to make that happen and that's essentially i mean that is what happens here with jesus they are so upset about what he's saying about the changes that that he wants to bring that they're like let's let's kill him and there are times in my life where I love the changes that Jesus brings. He, he sets me free, and He gives me a heart that's filled with faith and courage, and, and He does things that I like. But then there are times when He asks me, and you've had this before, where, where He comes along and He asks us to do something. He wants us to change the way we live, and we are not so happy in those times. Rich, I want you to step outside of what you've always known, and Rich, I want you to step into a place that's uncomfortable. I want you to take a big risk, and I want you to change the way that you're living. Rich, change, uh, take on more responsibilities, something like that. And what do I do? I dig my heels in. I resist. Or maybe it's, I want you to adjust your schedule. I want you to start going to bed earlier so that you can wake up earlier and spend some more time with me. And we're like, eh, Jesus, I don't know if I like that change. Or, or I want you to move from a place of complacency to a place of action. I want you to begin making a difference in this way, in this way. And we're going, nah, I kind of like where I'm at. It's a good place. Or how about this one? I want you to take some of that hard-earned money and start giving some of it away. And we're very quick to go, no, God, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that, that change. And when that happens to us, when Jesus disrupts the way things are in our lives, we're usually, especially if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, we're we're usually too smart to just come right out and say no. We don't do that. We're like, no God, no, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to be doing that. Instead, we, we convince ourselves that maybe it's not Jesus asking us for a change. Maybe it's just the pizza I had last night. Maybe it's just me. It's not really Jesus. Or, or, or we, we, we think that, that, that maybe the change he's asking us to make is not really that big of a deal, so we'll just like put, keep putting that thing off. We dig in our heels, and we resist. After this scene in the synagogue, and that whole situation unfolds, um, Jesus continues moving throughout the region of Galilee, and he moves like an agent of drastic change. His next stop is a town called Capernaum, where he, he teaches in the synagogues every Sabbath, and on one particular occasion, we're not going to read the whole story. You can read that later on. But on one, one occasion, he's teaching, and there's a guy there who's, who's possessed by demons. And these demons don't like Jesus. And uh, at one point, they, they say to him, go away. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Jesus is interfering with the way things are, with the status quo. And, and here's the thing. When, when you, you stop submitting to the work of Jesus in your life, because you see it as interference He's just kind of getting In the way of how you've, you've always Lived your life When you see the work of Jesus and the change That he wants to make in your life as Interference that's a big sign that it's Time to do a heart check And go okay God am I really Are you really Lord of my life Or something else In the story Jesus casts out the demon and sets the man Free and, and next he, he keeps bringing Change he, he shows up at Peter's Mother-in-law's house in a a bunch of people uh, she's sick and a bunch of other people as well in the, the surrounding areas and Jesus comes and he heals them of their sickness and disease and then we read in Luke 5 about more change he approaches Peter James and John these three guys who are fishermen and have been fishermen their entire lives and what does Jesus say he says to them don't be afraid from now on you'll be fishing for people and as soon as they landed they got off the boat they left everything the Bible says and followed Jesus that's massive change they left their whole entire career and follow jesus later on he finds matthew the tax collector does he tell matthew hey matthew don't worry about change don't worry about making adjustments just put your faith and trust in me and just keep doing what you've always done no he goes on to matthew and he says follow me and be my disciple the bible says he, jesus said so it goes on to say so levi got up left everything and followed him massive change immediately after this, Jesus doesn't stop. He just, he keeps on changing things, and, and he brings more change. He goes to Matthew's house, Matthew, Levi, same guy, and he eats with all Matthew's buddies, and religious guys weren't supposed to do that back in the day. It went against Jewish culture. It went against Jewish custom, and the leaders notice they aren't happy with this this change that Jesus is bringing, and so the Bible says this: it says the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, "Why do you eat and drink with such scum?" And Jesus answered them, "Healthy people don't need a doctor; sick people do." A little, little later on, we see Jesus bringing more change. He 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 changes up the customs and the practices that have gone on for centuries. He he shifts things up around the Sabbath, around the holy day. And just gets people very, very upset. Another time, he brought more change through his teaching. He he was saying things like, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. He's changing things. Another time, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He's changing things. In other words, things used to be like this, but there's a change coming. And you can read through the Gospels and you're going to notice very quickly that Jesus is, is constantly disrupting the way things are. He is constantly bringing change. He brings change to traditions. He brings change to culture. He brings change to customs. He brings change to values. He brings change to attitudes. He is constantly changing. And He doesn't just come bringing a little bit of change. He comes Ushering in a whole new kingdom Shortly after the episode where he was Nearly killed by the The synagogue People that had turned into a mob He says this He says I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God To the other towns also Because that is why I was sent What he's bringing Is a full on revolution A revolution Is a complete Radical Drastic change It was a change that that would see death defeated. It was a change that would see men and women set free from sin and shame. It was a change that would see us forgiven and whole. A change that would move us from a place of loneliness to being part of this big family community of believers. It was a change that would, would take us from having no identity to being sons and daughters of the King of Kings. A change that would take us from living lives that are just meandering through the cosmos with no purpose, just doing our thing to living lives that are filled with purpose. It's His kingdom invading our hearts and souls and then transforming us from the inside out to be people who live our lives like Jesus. And this all begins. I mean, this change, it it, it starts when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, doesn't it? I mean, that's like radical change. We go from living our lives our way to going, okay, God, I'm going to put my faith and trust in You. But We make the mistake when we think that the change stops there. That's actually the beginning of the change. He is constantly working in us, constantly getting rid of habits and patterns that are destructive or that will hinder us from living out His purposes in our lives. Like that verse that we read earlier on, Jesus, He He makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Which is to say, all this change. If you're someone here this morning go, man, I don't know about this Jesus guy because I do like things the way they, they are. But you need to know that he is changing us into his glorious image, which is to say that all this change is actually a good thing. It's a good thing. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Do we trust him enough? Do we trust Jesus enough to allow Him to make those changes in our lives, or do we doubt Him and question Him, and we see his, his work and His speaking to us and His wanting to change us, do we see that more as Him interfering in our lives? There's a, a, an illustration, an image in the Bible that's very well known when it comes to being somebody who submits to the change rather than resisting. And it's a verse found in Isaiah chapter 64 where it says this. It says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We all are formed by your, your hand. And so it's this picture of our Heavenly Father, who is good, who's loving, who's, like we sang today, He is for us, He's not against us, and He's like that potter. At, a, at the potter's will, he's got a chunk of clay, and he's, he's making that into something. And there's a few things that, that I just want to close with this morning, but a few things I love about that picture of the potter in the clay. The first thing I love about that picture is that it shows a God who is not intimidated by the messiness of our lives. You know, if you've ever seen that, that picture of a potter and some clay, and some of you students in the room, you maybe had that in one of your classes— my kids bringing back stuff that some clay cups and stuff that they made in school and but you know how it looks right that that clay it's messy it's muddy it's kind of slimy and dirty gets all over your hands and all over the place kind of like our lives and and love though how god is not he doesn't look at us in our brokenness and our messiness and get intimidated by that he doesn't look at us and go oh wow they are that that's a pretty broken situation i'd rather not wade into that broken situation no that's not the, the the father that that we call heavenly father he is good he is patient he's full of love and kindness he steps into our brokenness and he does it with joy he does it he does it as a good father and he enters our our broken rule i mean we see this in Jesus' time on earth, how He's even willing to leave heaven to come into our broken, messy world. Your life is never too messed up where God says, I'd rather not deal with that. That's too much work. It takes too much time. That's too broken. That, that is not our Father in heaven. No, instead, God, on the other hand, He, he actually tends to take, it, it seems from Scripture, like He takes extra delight in the, the really broken situations and stepping in and bringing healing and change. He's not, he's not afraid, intimidated by the messiness of our lives. No, he, he joyfully steps in. Another thing I love about that picture of the, the potter and the clay is that, you know, you might feel like a useless lump of clay. Anybody else ever been there? You just feel, man, God, how can you possibly work through my life? But God can still step in and make something incredible out of your life. That's the God that we serve. He puts His hands on your life, and He shapes slowly, consistently, never giving up. Maybe you even feel like you've failed in some way, or you just have made some mistakes. At one time, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, and you go, man, I have just messed up, and God has probably just abandoned me and left me like that lump of clay just to kind of figure things out on my own. But you got to know that is not God. He is still... He has his hands on your life. And even in the brokenness, in the messiness, in the failure, in the mistakes, he is still shaping you and making you into something beautiful. That's the God that we serve. He has not, he has not given up on you. Your friends might have given up on you. Your earthly, heaven, your earthly mother or father or family might have given up on you, but God, your heavenly Father, has not given up on you. It's still working in your life, molding you, shaping you. And then the last thing about this picture of the, the clay and the, the potter is that in order for clay to be changed into some, something beautiful, a pot or a vase or whatever, it needs to stay soft has to stay soft it can't become hard and resistant and just throwing its hands up at the potter it has to stay soft in the potter's hands and in this morning as we wrap up i want to give you a moment today to allow the holy spirit to speak to you about whether or not you have remained soft in the potter's hands. You know, we, I think we all have those times in our lives where we, we harden ourselves. Maybe life doesn't go like we, we expect it to go, and we thought God would do this for us or that for us, or that our life would go this way or that way, and it doesn't. And in those moments, sometimes what we can do is we can harden our heart to God and resist His work in our life. And, and, I, and I think what God wants to do this morning is speak to us and show us where maybe we have Become hardened to as work In our lives And I, I would love to wrap up our time together By just allowing you To have a moment Would you, If we could just all across this room today And at home if you could just take a moment to Let's just bow our heads before God And Holy Spirit We just want to invite you here today Right now In this moment God to speak to us Lord, I just want to thank you today that you are a God who who does bring change. You don't leave us as we are in our our brokenness, in our delusion, whatever it might be. God, you are constantly working in us, making us more like you, Jesus, which is a very, very good thing. You're shaping us to be people of greater impact in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces— you're shaping us to be people who know more of your peace. You're shaping us to be people who are more loving like you, who care about others more. You're shaping us to be people who know more of your joy. You're shaping us to be people who just walk with purpose, who walk with courage. God, I thank you that you're changing us. You're shaping us. Lord, I thank you that you, you, you have us in your hands. God, like a potter has that, that lump of clay. And God, I just this morning want to invite you to, God, to probe the depths of our heart and soul. And God, we just invite you to speak. God, are there areas in our lives where we have just become resistant? We've become resistant. We've put up a wall and we've said, God, I don't, you can change this area, you can change that area, but God, you, you can't touch this, this area. You can't bring change here. It's too scary, it's too broken it provides too much security for me god whatever the reason might be we just we just we put the wall up and we say god you can't touch this area holy spirit would you right now in this moment would you speak to us all across this room from the youngest to the oldest lord what are the areas in our lives where we have said no to your work that you want to do what are those areas what are those areas And just keep your head closed. I just really want this to be a moment between you and God this morning. Between you and God. And I think what God wants to say to you as as you're thinking about that area, and and I I think in these moments we can sometimes go, okay, that's just me. But would you just have enough faith and trust to go, okay, that's God speaking to me about that area. And whatever that area is this morning, What God is asking you today is, are you willing to let me in and do the work that I want to do? Bring the change that I want to change. Are you willing to let the wall fall down and say yes to the Spirit of God working in your life? Are you willing to say yes to to the potter this morning? Are you willing to say yes? Father, I just want to lift up God, everybody in this room who's going, yeah, I, 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 I want to let him, man. I'm, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of resisting. I'm willing, Jesus, to let you in. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would begin, God, to, God, to get in there. God, I just see you like that potter with your fingers and, and, and your, your spirit just getting in there and doing that work in hearts and souls. God, changing the way we think, changing the way we believe. God, I pray, Jesus, that, that Lord, where, where your work has been resisted, that, God, as you begin to get in there and do that change, that, God, you'd be bringing freedom, that, God, you'd be bringing peace, that, God, you would be bringing, um, God, more of a likeness in our lives to, 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 to your Son. God, would you begin to do that work in each one of us. Do that work, I pray. And then, God, lastly, Jesus, I just want to pray for us as a church today. And, God, I think sometimes, Lord, We don't just resist change god on an individual level but god we can resist change even on a a more corporate family level god maybe it's in in a a church god maybe it's in our homes god you've been speaking to dads and moms about changes and they just resist god if there are changes lord that you want to make in our families in our church that god we we just say no we've always done it this way and god i pray that we would be submitted to you and trusting you enough to go, yes, we will do whatever we need to do to to allow you to come and make that change in us. Lord, help us to be people that just trust you enough to say yes to the change that you want to make. And then, then God, as you do that, would you just make your name, God, make your glory, make your beauty, make your wonder known in and through us, I pray. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.